As I mentioned last week, today we have a guest from InTouch, a company from the retail media space. Seamus is the sales director here and is here to talk about retail media, what it is, what InTouch does, and a lot more. Seamus, thank you for being here. Our viewers and listeners have been hearing about retail media over the last year. For the benefit of our audience, can you explain what retail media is and what InTouch does? Maybe start with an introduction of yourself, and then let's talk about retail media and what InTouch does. Sure. Thank you, Vina. Thank you for inviting us all to today's uh, podcast. So as you said, so Seamus is my name. I am the retail sales director for InTouch. Uh, myself, I've got over 20 years experience in retail technology, uh, primarily, let's say, in point of sale and self-checkout and in the payments industry. And in the last four years since joining InTouch, it's very much moved into the area of retail media networks uh, and AI and computer vision and helping retailers uh, really been able to get close to their target audience and been able to um, engage with the shoppers inside the store in a, in a, in a lot uh, better and a lot more uh, targeted manner. So InTouch as a company, uh, we're, our head office is in Dublin and Ireland. However, we now have offices in Egypt, in the Netherlands, in Canada, in the US and in Mexico. Um, and what we have done, we have developed a software solution. Uh, it's a two-sided retail media network that in a very simplistic manner, it allows retailers uh, to target the shoppers inside their store with their own offerings, whether it be promotions or products or just uh, information they would like to share with their consumers. And the second element is where the uh, FMCG brands can actually use that same in-store network so that they can actually engage and target with the consumers as they enter and walk around the retail stores of the retailer. Got it. And um, I saw on your website that the messaging to consumers inside the store is very targeted. So how would that work if there were, let's say, five different people who are viewing the same screen and you have all of those five from different backgrounds? Yeah, so how it works, we it can work in, in, in many different ways, Vina. But if you take your example, we would call that anonymized personalization. And what we do is that we consider a number of different data points in order to decide in real time what should be shown on the screen as per your example. So for, for arguments sake, we look at the time of day, the day of week, we know the weather, um, we have cameras inside the store that's able to estimate the dominant age and shoppers of the people who are inside the store. From a, G, from a GDPR perspective, it has to be a minimum of four people, so we don't target it to a specific person. Um, because that actually would not be uh, fully compliant. So what we do is that, and we also have access to the point of sales data, so we know the types of products or indeed the categories of products that are actually uh, trending, i.e. they are being sold uh, significantly through the checkout at this point in time. So when you pull all those information points together, the ads are changing every 10 seconds. So every 10 seconds on each screen inside the store, the system is making... Um, um, a, a very educated and uh, an AI-driven assumption as to what product it should promote on the screen at that given time. And then it does the same calculation 10 seconds later and then continues on during the throughout the day. Got it. And so would it then do ads of different products if we have the same few people watching the screens for, let's say, a minute? Would that basically be six different ads of products or will it just be the same ad for 
Yeah. So, so I, again, I would I would suggest that it's many different products, and ultimately that's decided by how many uh, products the retailer has, I suppose, uploaded into the system. Uh, because the more products you have, the greater pool of data that we can pull from to determine what products are most relevant at this exact point in time. So, for example, the big challenge with any sort of digital display inside retail stores has been that real barrier to having significant content that's relevant uh, at over a prolonged period of time and that can be changed dynamically inside the store. So retailers have struggled over many, many years with having the ability to keep the content fresh inside, let's say, traditional CMS platforms inside the store. So what our, what our uh, platform does is we have this module called product catalog ads where we can link directly into the retailer's uh, database so that we can, in theory, select from thousands of products at any given point in time, should the system believe that that's the most sort of relevant product to choose from right now, from the retailer's perspective. And then the second element, when we talked about the two-sided retail media network, uh, the second part is obviously the advertised products. So the more products that you have uh, waiting to be queued to be advertised, you can also select from them as to which one you believe is the most relevant uh, to choose at that given point in time as well. Got it. Okay. And um, I'm assuming that for this, you would need some sort of data sets from the retailer to integrate with. You mentioned that you, um, you work with their point of sale data. What other data sources do you need to sort of work efficiently with this? Yeah, so the way that the system has been developed, um, again, it's all developed and designed in-house from the InTouch uh, engineering team. So we have done it in in multiple layers. So the retailer can start with us with actually no integrations. So we can actually start working with a retailer with zero integrations, and that allows them to better understand, understand the true impact that we at InTouch and our solution can bring to their business. Once they understand that and we have verified the numbers and they understand that by displaying the correct product on the screen, we can, we can increase sales or by having the ability for the advertisers to uh, promote their products on their screen and they can see that this is a net new revenue stream for their business. We can then, let's say, roll it out to more of their stores and we can integrate more deeply into their system. So the POS is one uh, way that we can do that. So we could do a direct integration or what some of our retailers do is that they can actually uh, send automated uh, sales data to us at a predefined period. So that could be every day, it could be every second day. So you don't even necessarily have to have that direct one-to-one -one integration, which can be quite time consuming and really expensive to the retailer to do as well. Um, but the, the collection of the other data, Vina, is very much down to InTouch. So we have a media player installed uh, beside each screen inside the store location. That's connected to our um, to our InTouch Live uh, portal, if you like. And by doing that there, we have the GPS coordinates of every location. And that's how we know at any store, the time of day, the day of week, the weather. Uh, we're now launching new uh, uh, data input modules, the likes of traffic that's happening nearby. Is there events that's happening nearby the store? But at, that's all configured based on the GPS location of the store, which is controlled from the media player that we install and store the site. And with the, the uh, camera that I talked about earlier, that's also connected to the media player. And that's how we're able to estimate the dominant age and gender of the shoppers who are inside the store as well. Got it. OK. OK. That, so I'd like to dig a little deeper into something you mentioned like early on in the conversation around being able to put this in place without any integration. 
Um, now, I'm sure that a lot of the retailers who are listening to this are going to be very excited by that. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how that sort of part of it would work? How exactly would you put this in place without integrations? Because I'm sure you'll need the data from them to get this yeah. up and running, right? Yeah, so so th that's very true. And I think ultimately it comes down to what the retailer is looking to get out of this. So. As you know, every retailer is different. Every retail market has their own little nuances as well. So we have retailers that work with us, work with us, and their sole uh, requirement, if you like, is advertising. So they use the screen completely as a as a retail as an in-store retail media network to allow the brands to advertise on their uh, on their platform. So from that perspective, they're not as um, let's say really caring about the ability to integrate into their sales uh, information because it's, it's, the, it's the brands that are promoting their product. So in that particular instance, we have the agencies or we have the FMCG brands that directly log into our platform. They upload the creatives, they upload the campaign information. And once, it, it, once it's been verified by the retailer and the InTouch moderation team, that then goes live on the network and it runs for the whatever length of time the, the, the brands have paid for it to run. It could be for one week, could be two weeks, could be for one month, whatever length of time it is. So from that perspective, there's, there's, there's practically zero integration required. Once we have the screens in the store, connected uh, with power, obviously, and connected to the internet, they can work quite seamlessly. You can then skip it over to the other side where you might have retailers that are much more interested in promoting their own products than on the advertising piece. And that might be retailers that hire have maybe more in-house brands and less of the of the actual main brands that we would be aware of. So from that perspective, you're correct. There is a necessity from the for the retailer to provide the information about the products that's shown on the screen. So again, there is a, a portal that they can log into that they can upload all of the creatives that they might have generated in-house. In they may have an agency that does that there. We at InTouch have an actual arm that can assist in the um, in the creation of content on the screen as well. Um, and that's just simply loaded up onto the portal. They select, let's say, the stores. They may have certain targeting criteria they want to use. They can do all of that through the InTouch Live portal, and they send it down to the screen. So that can work as well uh, in, in, a, in a quite simplistic manner. Whenever you get into then, like I talked earlier with the product catalog ads, whereby InTouch has the ability to dynamically create hundreds if not thousands of content um, uh, at scale on the fly, then we do have to be integrated into their system to have access to that. Um, and, and that's a body of work that our IT team can do just using simple APIs into the retailers uh, back office can do that. that that's quite, quite easy once it's all set up. And then the sharing of the sales data. So again, um, retailers are very protective of their data, understandably so. And we're quite happy that we can work with them in a number of different manners as to how we receive that sales data. So we can have a direct integration into the POS system. So in real time, we can see what's happening at the system. Or like I talked about earlier, they may just be more content to um, have an SFTP server and they send the data to us on a, on a on a nightly basis, as an example. So again, depending on, on how the retailer wants to work it, our system has been developed to be really flexible, to be able to integrate in a, in a very light touch way or in a really deep integration. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of uh, retailers have chosen to develop in-house solutions for retail media, the, the aspect of integration and data sharing and that sort of thing. And keeping that in mind, there's always a sort of 
I would almost call it a tug of war between companies wanting to develop in-house solutions for some of their problems and buying technology that other vendors have created and installing it in-house. Now, I've worked within some of these companies as well. And as previous an, a previous employee who used to work in the segment, I've seen that a lot of the times when you get an outside software solution, it just it works a lot better, especially if it's maintained by the external provider, because then updates are quick. You don't have to work on on looking at what's happening around and then updating the software yourself. Someone else is doing that and it, it seamlessly flows through. So that's sort of one example. But what are the sort of other benefits of using an external provider than developing this in-house um, if we sort of take out the extremely high upfront cost of developing the solution versus just buying it from someone else yeah well, i suppose you can't really just take it out because it is a huge reason why people uh, and retailers in particular perhaps uh, i would be advising them not to go ahead and just buy uh, to build their own because the costs can be quite astronomical i think the other point Vina, is, is actually time so if you think about it in touch has been on this journey now for over six years so we are already six years ahead if you were a retail organization, Vina, and you made the decision today that you wanted to create your own in-house retail media network, you're going to be starting from a very blank uh, piece of paper. So we're so we're going to be, we're we're six years ahead of you. Whereas if you're um, if you had a different uh, ideology and you decided to work with InTouch, you're already six years ahead of where you would be if you did it yourself. So that's just one very quick example. I think the other example is that we work with retailers uh, currently across three different continents. And whilst we have retailers in different uh, geographical locations in different continents, the actual challenges that they all face are really, really similar uh, because they're selling to the same type of consumers, they're selling the same type of products, and they're working in the same type of environments. So we know, based on the how our technology has evolved in the last six years and the innovative um, enhancements that we have added to the platform, are all done based on the feedback that we get from our retailers and indeed based on our own learnings and our own understandings of as to, as to how this retail media network works. Because if you even take a step back, retail media networks, by its very uh, definition, is any sort of digital touch point the retailer has with their target audience. So that could be in-store, it could be online, it could be through a digital app, it could be through their loyalty platform, there's so many different ways. Um, so to become an expert overnight in all of them is really, really complicated. And we at InTouch, we don't even pretend that we're an expert in all of those different uh, touch points because we're not. So where we see the benefit of where InTouch fits in, we're very much uh, engrossed in that in-store network. So the ASN uh, element of, the, of that sort of wider retail media network. And we would see this space being very much, sorry. Quick uh, one, Shamas. What is ASN? So ASN, it's in-store networks. So it's, it's an oh, in-store right. media, okay. media network. Yeah. So okay. that's where we would see the in-touch advantage. And so we would even see when you took the wider retail media network as being, I suppose, a coalition of experts, if you like, and an ecosystem of having different. So we have worked partnered with, uh, with different entities who would specialize perhaps in the, in the online element or in the loyalty app or in the self-scanning devices. And we very much are central to the in-store network if you like okay so go back to your original question if you think about it so if the retailer wants to develop their own we already have that uh, six-year experience of the in-store network but 
there's a lot of factors at play here. So yes, you have the technology to understand what's happening inside the store. And we talked about connecting to the, the point of sale system and the, and the back office. But the other key part here is that ability for the brands or the agencies to be able to promote their products or create their campaigns and for that to work really seamlessly with the in-house promotions as well. So a lot of retailers may have their own in-store content management system, but then suddenly if you've got brands and agencies looking to, uh, uh, to launch their campaigns in the same network, it gets really complicated. Whereas within our application, we have come from it with a complete uh, ideology. This is how it should work. So they're both platforms, whilst they're the same in-store network, you have two different, very different ways as to how they work. And how we have developed it as well, Vina, is if you think about it, let's just say an example where a retailer had 60% uh, of the available inventory on the screens open to the advertisers and 40% for in-house campaigns. Let's, let's just say, for example, there happened to be a day or a week or a period of time where all of the advertising wasn't sold for whatever reason. In our platform, that inventory, rather than it going to waste, is immediately sort of brought back into the retailer's portion so they can utilize that there so we're actually maximizing every single available inventory slot in the network which most other networks if you do it yourself you can't do because it's very this is for the in-store and that's for the advertisements and if they don't take care of that then it doesn't get used and then the other part of that is when it comes to the advertising piece because we're able to connect in with the programmatic uh, like the um, the, the DSPs, we would consider where the SSP with the supply side programmatic advertising, you've got display side programmatic advertising. We can connect into these networks so that we're able to, again, if the advertisements have not been sold, we can then open it up to the programmatic advertisers so that they can come in and buy it maybe with maybe four or five days to go. So at all times, you're looking to obviously all the time, always looking to optimize the available inventory on, in, on the network not letting it go uh, go to waste because whilst it's content on a screen in theory it is perishable because whatever you don't sell today you can't sell tomorrow because it's gone so at all times is trying to make sure that we are maximizing that from either from an in-house perspective or from an advertiser's perspective and you're getting enough revenue uh, as you would expect to get from the advertiser's piece got it that totally makes sense uh, what about the cost element is there a rationale as to why um, someone should buy from you instead of developing this in-house. I'm pretty sure there's a cost element uh, advantage as well. Yeah, you know, for, for sure there is. And I, I, again, the whole, that, that old adage of, can we do it better ourselves? I mean, people could argue that maybe they could, but the cost is going to be really, really significant. So like I said, we're at this six years, we've got a full development team that has been enhancing this uh, and, and creating this from, from scratch and that has develop new enhancements and new modules based on what's happening in the network because what's really interesting about this space Fina, is that it's 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 evolving so fast uh, and what you want to what you want to develop for today's market will probably not be suitable for what's ready in six months time never mind a year's time or 12 months time so by having let's say experts on your side i.e the in-touch team who are every single day engrossed in what's happening in the market, taking learnings, not just from the retailers, but also from the brands and the agencies and the advertisers across many different markets, across many different continents. It ensures that you're gonna have the features that you need, um, not just for today, but you're gonna have the features for tomorrow and the next day and the next month there as well. So you have that initial cost for sure, but I think what you, 
which you perhaps could be missing out on by doing it yourself, is that um, external understanding of the marketplace that's evolving so fast. And that, and that idea of having people who are always at the forefront of the technology innovation space, bringing that technology to your teams. Got it. A question. Um, how, how easily do your potential customers or customers understand that aspect of, of developing something in-house versus buying something from the outside? Is this something that you need to explain to them or is this something that they easily get? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, I think you'll have uh, you'll have a portion of retailers who will initially believe they could and should do it themselves. I think, and and that's completely understandable. You know, if you're a large organisation and you have um, significant revenues every year and you've got IT teams, that idea of well, why should we pay money to somebody else? You know, you know, you, you have to question that. I completely get that. Um, but I think once we sit down with them and we show them what we've got and we show them where we're going with the roadmap and we show them our expertise in this field, I think they then understand why they should work with InTouch. And you have other retailers that perhaps have uh, had maybe similar experiences with other technology uh, innovations in the past where they maybe have gone down the route of developing it, developing it themselves and maybe the end result wasn't what they expected and they now understand that actually there is these uh, very innovative startup or scale-up companies out there that are experts in what they do. So if we partner with them, we get quicker to market, we get return much faster. We can actually work with them to shape the technology for your, for your own uh, business anyway. So you're getting all the benefits of what you're doing it yourself, but you're getting it faster. Uh, so you're going to make more money quicker. So the returns is immediately better. Got it. Got it. That that makes total sense. Now I'm I'm going off subject or it's within the subject, but slightly different path. Um, so I was recently at a Detroit airport and there is this amazing functionality where you scan your boarding pass and you connect your app to your scanner and you use your phone. That's where the app is. And if you look at screens in the airport, it basically shows you just information on your flight. Now, that's a sort of technology that really enables companies to create really personalized ads. Now, I'm sure it's not really permissible in the GDPR environment, but do you see yourself ever implementing something like that within your business in, in countries where the GDPR requirement isn't a must? So it's a, it's a really interesting example, Vina, and, and so, so we can do it today. And we can do it through loyalty apps because within the loyalty uh, sign-up form, let's say, the, uh, the opportunity there for the consumer to opt in to receive personalized in-store notifications. Uh, and be so asked. it is compliant, and, yeah. Exactly. So, and and yeah. the consumer can choose to accept them or not. So in, in yeah. your example, that exact same or that, I suppose, a similar experience can happen today in a retail environment. So you could be a, a shopper of a particular retailer, you could have their loyalty app, you could have um, opted in to receive in-store messaging or in-store notifications. And as you enter the store, we can get really personalized. Say, Hi, Vina, welcome back. It's Monday afternoon. Uh, don't forget on special offer today, we have product, whatever it might be, because we know that based on your previous historical shopping patterns, that those products are something that you would likely to purchase. or Maybe if you haven't purchased them using that sort of the, the, the Amazon example, whereby um, 
shoppers similar to you have opted in to purchase these products. So we're giving you recommendations of alternative products that you may, or, or alternative categories of products that you may not have purchased in the past. Um, and that's very much personalized to you using uh, the app or indeed to what we have done. We've partnered with um, a Dutch company called Revision who do self-scanning, so the global leader in self-scanning. So that ability is also available as you shop and scan with your own device. It could be the, your mobile phone or it could be the, the device that the retailer has. And as you shop and scan your products uh, during the, your, your journey, we have an understanding as to what's in your basket right now. So we can offer you personalized recommendations based on what you have, or like I said, based on what other shoppers who had bought similar products also purchased, so that this is sort of assisting you with alternative options that you perhaps you may not have considered had those recommendations not come on the screen. So that, that's really advantageous for, for three reasons. A, the consumers really like it because you're actually adding to their shopping journey and it's done in a very non-intrusive manner. We're not gonna start promoting stuff that's got no relevance to what you're doing. It has to be very, um, tied into what you're doing and, and, and the system has to believe that this is something you'd be interested in. So the consumers generally are really interested in that. The retailer is very happy because you're then looking to cross, cross sell other products inside the store. But it also gave the brands, the FMCG brands, now a new way of engaging with their target audience um, based on, on what they've got in their basket. So it's also a new way to, uh, to target and promote and to offer your product to consumers as well inside the store. Yeah, that, that makes total sense because if we sort of look at the way traditional advertising was done, it was done on TV, billboards, magazines. One, it's, we, these days we use Netflix, Amazon Prime, and we don't always want to see ads on there. Yes, yeah. I think um, in the US they trialed doing ads on Netflix. I'm not sure how, how well that's going, but the reason why people moved to the space was because they did not want to see ads. Yeah. As an, I remember a time when ads were shown on TV and we had like 15 minutes of watching something and then you'd have a 10 minute ad break. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. so frustrating. But now when you do these ads in store, you're just in a much more receptive frame of mind because you're there to buy something. And when you see an ad, you just go, okay, I needed that. This is great. I would switch brands to buy this because they are offering me a offering me better value especially in today's inflationary environment or even if there's something new in market that's offering a slightly different proposition consumers want to know shoppers want to know so they don't find it intrusive in fact they would willingly sign up for this so that's sort of something that you can help brands and retailers take advantage of because there is a direct ROI associated with it. You can measure it really easily and go, okay, I pay so much for in touch, but the result is that my sales have increased by X percent. Yeah, well, I think it's really interesting. So like so just some of the stats, like the, the retail media networks are expected to grow to over 100 billion by 2026. And the reason, and, and it's, I'm just looking at some stats, so like they're growing at 25% annually. And the reason that that's happening, I mean, you make a very good example around TV um, as a, a traditional media, let's say, and, and the brands that normally advertise that are looking for new ways. What's really interesting as well, Vina, is that brands that, that uh, advertise even, even on new digital formats, such as Google or Facebook or YouTube or the likes of that there, 
well, obviously we're moving to this like cookie-less uh, environment now where you can't track across different apps with the Amazon, with the Apple privacy updates. So you have a lot of brands that had, up until very, very recently, had massive budgets set aside to advertise on these digital platforms because they were able to get really good insights and really good understanding and they could target their audience really, really well. That's now not the case anymore. So these digital marketing teams are now trying to understand, okay, I have this budget. I'm not getting the same return if I do advertise on these uh, on these digital channels online. Whereas if I move it now to this in-store digital channel, my targeting can be really, really good. I, I, I can immediately measure the true impact from a sales perspective. So they're able to have this sort of incremental return on ad spend that they never had before. So it's to some degree, it's the holy grail for the advertisers, whereas they can, they can target the consumers, they can do it by, like we talked about demographics, the time of day, the location, there's so many ways that you can target them, but they know that based on the spend of whatever dollars they spent on that campaign for that duration of time, they can measure that the return on ad spend for that. And as long as it's incremental and they know that it's also about building brand awareness, that's why there's such this massive shift, shift yeah. to retail media networks from not just traditional media, but also from digital media or from, yeah, from digital media as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. Now, this is something that we blogged about or we are blogging about this week. Um, so we were looking at retail media and how this fits in with advertisers and reaching consumers um, or reaching new types of consumers. And a section that McKinsey had recently written about is commerce media. Now, I know we sort of touched on this um, at the start of the session, but they foresee retail media being used for other services and service providers gen for general advertisements within the retailer so an example is um the screens sold to someone who might repair a product that you might you might buy at a supermarket or someone who would help let's say chop up your vegetables in the grocery section and and that sort of thing and now not a great example, but um, what I'm trying to get across is um, people or services that are that go hand in hand with the the buys that you make in store. Now, do you see um, do you see this within your customers? Have they started using it in this way at all, or is this a way that you think you might see your customers um, going in the future? Yeah, we, we have. And in fact, I would even take it a step further than that, Venus. So like some of our customers, for example, would open up their networks to allow uh, financial institutions, insurance uh, companies, automobile, uh, telecoms. So these sort of any large organization that has mass appeal and maybe with a national geographical spread that are looking to engage with everyday consumers, the in-store network, which is part of the retail media network that we talk about, is certainly a channel that they can, that they can utilize. So I suppose the retailer has to make a decision here. Do they want to take the, the dollars from the advertising just from the FMCG brands that will be able to promote and, and increase sales for them? Also wanting to take the dollars from the advertisers that have no direct increase in sales within their retail store, but they're still making money from advertising. And I think um, that's, a, that's a decision that the retailer has to make, but from our, from, from our vantage point, we would see that being the way how this is going. I mean, ultimately, this is an, a retail media network. It's a, it's, a, it's a way that 
anybody who's willing to pay can engage with a consumer or a target audience. And if the retailers are going to make a net new revenue from that, I think the vast, vast majority of them will be very much open to that there because it's new money into their business without any, any effort on their side whatsoever. And I think just to touch on this point, so from the retailer's perspective, I think they'll be very open to that. From any of the advertisers, like there was a report just released, I think in the last few weeks from the Boston Consulting Group, and they had sort of five main points that retail media networks have to cover in order to make it interesting for advertisers. And including that was like the measurement, that was the insights that you can give back um, and, and the data, which was just three off the top of mind. And no matter who it is that's advertising, you know, you can still have measurement back to them about the insights, the, the who was in the store, all of that can go back to the, to the advertisers. And that access to first party data, when I talked earlier about that cookie-less environment we're moving into and not being able to track across different apps, by having that channel inside the retail store where you do have access to first party data, I think that opens it up to many, many different types of advertisers. Absolutely. And I'm assuming that the if your customer has geographical spread, you might be able to take learnings from one market and apply it into another market, which could actually give you a lot of leverage from the perspective of third party advertising as well, because there might be learnings that you may not have got from a specific market for that particular product or service uh, or financial institution or any yeah. other institution, but you might have seen the same behavior or similar behavior with different cohorts of consumers in other markets and apply those learnings here as long as it's relevant? No, no, for, I mean, the, the insights piece, I think, is is massively important to the success of retail media networks and, and, and insights for both the retailer and indeed for the advertiser. So I think you're right, if you could do it by geography, I mean, we have very interesting post-campaign reports about how impactful the, the sales or the, the campaign was across different regions of the country. And even from the retailer's perspective, within the different store formats, you might have a neighborhood store, you could have a store close to a highway, you could have a store in a business district or in a residential area. And the, the insights around how impactful the campaign was, even in the different store formats, is really, really interesting. Um, like we have the insights down to, uh, if an image is better to a video, you would expect the video to be better, but we're able to show you how much better does, does the, the cost that it took for you to create that video version of the, of the image make it viable or is the image sufficiently good enough because the, the difference isn't quantifiable enough to, to, uh, to pay for the video to be created. Um, even down to the messaging on the, on the actual advertisements itself, like the text that's used. Sometimes just, just the wording can have a huge impact on how it's received by the consumer. So we can run a lot of sort of A-B testing in certain stores. You can, you can have the exact same creative with the same call or the same sort of product and the same price, if you like, the same promotion. But if you have the wording slightly different, it's amazing the different impact that it can have on, on the consumer because this is all done primarily in a subliminal manner, uh, Venus. So uh, how we receive the messaging into our brain and how we cognitively then uh, have an action to go and purchase it is all predicated on what our brain has seen on the screen. And there's a huge amount of almost uh, marketing um, psychology analysis in there to fully understand how best to engage with the consumers. I'm sure, I'm sure. 
because it's if you're in store and you're already looking at buying something then when you see a particularly relevant ad you find it very helpful and then you get into a really positive frame of mind with regard to buying that specific product and it just makes a lot of sense um, that the consumer would then go into a specific aisle and pick it up um, and it sort of then gives a really good return on investment that way and it's yeah. direct exactly yeah, yeah for sure yeah got it um i think that's pretty much it for now shamas so any anything else that you would want to tell our listeners and and viewers uh, no, I, I think uh, we, we've we've covered a lot of it there. I mean, I mean, the big thing right now is that across all of the markets that we operate in, like every retailer is now either in the process of of creating a, a retail media network, or certainly they're asking the question, how do we create a retail media network? So it is, it's probably one of the hottest topics that's, that that has emerged retail technology for, for quite some time. I think the reason that it's so hot is because it has really whilst we're at it, you know, six or seven years, it seems to have crept up very, very quickly um, and just exploded. And I think with the likes of Walmart doing it and Tesco doing it and Woolworths in Australia and some of these massive retailers that's doing it globally. And when you see the, the financial clout and the financial um, dollars that they receive every year from the retail media networks, I think it's really all, all the retailers have now set up and take notice, which, which is fantastic for someone like us because we have this platform that's ready to go um, that should you want to do it, we can help you. Um, and and like we've, we've talked about many, many different variations on how it can work. Do you focus purely on in-house? Do you focus on the advertising? Do you do a mix of either? Do you do programmatic and all of this? There's a lot in, in it. And I think it's important that as a retailer that you understand that this is a quite a complex arena and that the, whatever platform, whether it's in-touch or in-house or whoever you end up going with, that it has the capability to, to, to serve all of the different areas of retail media network from the anonymized personalization we talked about to the one-to-one -one personalization we mentioned. There's a lot that can be done with us here. So it's, um, and I think what's really good is that the brands are also incredibly excited about this as well. So it's almost uh, that thing, you know, if you build it, they will come. If you build your retail media network, the brands are, they, they, they want to come. They want to spend on your networks. So for every day you don't uh, install the network, it's a day, a week, a month, a year, where that's revenue that could be going into your, uh, into your business. Oh, that's an interesting point because we read that a lot of retailers are actually subsidizing prices for consumers during this time by using revenues from their retail media sales, which yeah, just totally exactly. makes sense. So. Yeah, for sure. Great. So um, how can our viewers, our listeners contact you? Yeah, so I suppose intouch.com is, uh, is the website. Uh, my email address is Seamus, that's S-E-A-M-U-S at intouch.com. Uh, or indeed, if you just go onto our website, there's a contact us version there as well. If anyone has any interest about what we do or even about the business, about the whole retail media uh, sector, we're more than happy to uh, discuss that with anybody because it's, um, it's, it's a really exciting field to be in. Uh, there has been enormous growth and there will continue to be enormous growth and we want to you know see ourselves as a partner for anyone who's interested in this and we'd love to assist with you with uh, with uh, with learning more about what we do brilliant well thank you for your time Seamus super appreciate it thank you Vina. thank you for inviting me if you have any questions or comments about in touch contact Seamus on s-e-a-m-u-s at intouch.com 
that is S-E-A-M-U-S, Seamus, at InTouch, I-N-T-O-U-C-H dot com. Or you can go to their website, www.intouch.com. If you have any questions or comments about retail media networks and how these work, leave a comment here if you're watching on YouTube, and we'll get back to you. If you are listening to this on Apple or Spotify, email me on vina at salespeed.co with any questions. Thank you for listening.